look at Wade's van. An emotional health. I love me unconditionally. My parents were awesome. So we can help others. Hey guys, I am Wade Hagler and this is 2717 Iron Sharpening Iron. If you have been moved or touched or felt anything at all about watching our podcast, please subscribe. Uh, send it to some of your friends. Let them watch. We're trying to grow something and do something, uh, hopefully, that nobody's ever done before. Right, yeah. And uh, that is talk about Jesus, prosperity, and life in everything that we do. Today's episode is going to be on Merit Bond. Yeah, you, you so courage, yeah, courage, <laughs> faith. We're, we're walking down the path of, of uh, uh, mental strength, yes. you know, and we continue. Uh, we're going to have at least one more. Uh, we've got, there, there's more to talk about. Uh, we're still trying to maybe coordinate uh, having a guest. We'll, we'll see how that all works out. But anyway, yeah, this is going to be courage, faith, and persistence. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, and, and Wade, I'm going to let you kind of kick us off um, yeah. on your opening thoughts. Um, on, you know, kind of this idea of, of victim, this victim mentality. And, you know, um, and again, we're, look, um, uh, we, we laughed before, not laughing at anybody, but, you know, I, I talked about um, procrastination on our last episode, and there were some comments made, right? <laughs> and, and it's not to say that people don't procrastinate or people don't have a problem with procrastination. It just doesn't lead us to greatness, right? I understand if you have ADD, if you have issues, procrastination is probably a part of that. But there, there, um, there is a way to overcome procrastination, and when we do, it leads to greatness. I understand that there are victims, and we'll talk about some of that. Sure. But having a victim mentality yeah. that, you know, I'm, I'm a victim, there's nothing I can do, you know, I'm just a, 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 a byproduct of the circumstances of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, some of that may be true, but living in that yeah. isn't going to go, isn't going to lead you to greatness. So, it's but, not. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not. So, uh, so what can I say about victim mentality? Um, some people will, will simply, and I, and I was this person, Mary. I was like this. I didn't realize it, but I was. I had victim mentality because I thought, well, I didn't come from a family that had a lot of money. Right. I didn't come from, um, you know, a, a certain college or, or degree or, Right. You know, any, anything like that. I didn't have the same connections. I didn't have those doors opened up for me. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon, right, in my mouth. Those, yep. those type of analogies. And um, I had a lot of excuses, you know, in the beginning. And um, as to why I couldn't be successful, why, you know, I, I, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't be, you know, desired. Because uh, that was one of my pains was feeling desired. Sure. Um, I felt undesired. Um, but the bottom line is, is, is whenever we can see ourselves the way that God sees us, then we, are, we do not have a victim mentality anymore. Are bad things going to happen to us? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, it doesn't matter if you're a believer or not, bad things are going to happen to you. So having a victim mentality is simply this. Well, Merritt, you only have success because you were such an athlete and you had all this favor, and people mm -hmm. liked you so much, mm -hmm. and you know your dad had some success, mm -hmm. and, and you know you knew those people that opened up the right doors right. for you, and, and, and that's why you got that door open right. for you, where I didn't have that, man, yeah. you know, or, or <clears throat> simply your color of your skin, right? Um, you, could, you could blame, you could play a victim on that, 
My wife is half Filipino. So she could literally say, well, you know what? I didn't get that job interview because it was a bunch of old white men and they are not going to hire a woman that is brown like me. Is that true? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Could be. yeah. absolutely. It could be true. But does that make you a victim? Don't have that mentality. You're an overcomer, right? You're the head, not the tail. You're a king. You're a priest. You're more than a conqueror. You're a prayer warrior. You're a bad A. Make it happen, right? When you have that victim mentality, then you can set into this miserable mentality of constantly focusing on why you can't get ahead, why it's never going to happen for you. And then what's going to happen? Well, that's going to be your attitude. And what do you start doing? You start procrastinating, which is what you talked about. Right. Well, I'm not going to get the job anyway. I don't know why I'm going to that interview. Well, I, I can't afford that because, you know, I, I don't have that kind of a job like you. I don't have a, have a paycheck like you. You hear this kind of crap all the time, even from some of your own family, right? They, they, might, they, might, they might take jabs at you because you've been successful and, and they're not. Right. right. I, I see that all the time with all kinds of different things. So having a victim mentality is, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fold my hands a little bit. I'm going to have a pity party. Well, nobody cares about me. Well, they don't understand what I've been through. Listen, man, we've all been through crap. Yes, I understand that. And there's times to talk about that. And there, there's times that you, you need some counseling for things you've been through. Sure. But stop playing the freaking victim, man. That's right. Get your crap together. Get up and see who you are. Believe in yourself. Educate yourself. And you know what? If that door closes because those guys are a bunch of freaking racist scumbags, <laughs> then go to a different door, right? right? Yeah. Go next door and then get that job and show them Man, they really screwed up. They they just they just passed you know this yeah. person. They became a massive asset, right? Hundred percent. Here's another uh, example. There was a young lady named Crystal that came to us whenever we first started our companies uh, in Amarillo, Texas. And there was a really really high end shop here that she went to apply for. Well, her mom cleaned that shop, mm. and she went in to be hired as one of their main stylists. And they saw her as the cleaning lady's daughter, mm. and they didn't give her the opportunity. They, they, they said, you know, you'd be better off somewhere else. Were they racist and prejudiced against her? Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what she did? She came. She found me. I found her. And she grew to be one of the most successful stylists and still is kicking butt and taking names today. She kills it. She yeah. kills it. And I guarantee you those people are like, oh, my gosh, we missed an opportunity. Yeah. Right? So you can't let those closed door opportunities make you be a victim. Right? Oh, 100%. You've got you to you rise above that. You got to remember your truths, take those thoughts captive, right? and we're going to get into more of this. Oh, yeah, it's good, yeah. I mean, we're talking about victim, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, you, you shared a story, and, and um, um, some of you guys may know who Jamie Kern Lima. You've heard of Jamie Kern Lima? Yeah. So she uh, founded It Cosmetics. Oh, if, yeah, yeah. If, if you haven't read the book, this you got to get story. the story. You got to read the book. But she, uh, <clears throat> she was a, a, a TV personality, um, and, you know, she, she would say this. I'm not, I'm not, about, uh, degrading her, but she was heavier set, and she had rosacea, um, which is kind of a, a a red pigmentation of your skin, and it just it wasn't the look that the TV personalities had at the time. So she um, she was ridiculed for her weight. She was ridiculed for her rosacea, and there were no um, there was no uh, uh, cosmetics that, that cover that up. So anyway, so she developed this in her apartment. Um, uh, and I don't know how she did, but she developed um, the skincare products. And year after year after year went by, struggled, 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 just, just persisted, kept on, kept on, kept on. 
and kept looking for her breakthrough, and they were like just on the brink of break, break bankruptcy the whole time. Anyway, to make a long story short, she finally has a hedge fund guy, very well-known guy, uh, does a lot of business in this industry, and it was the final meeting. The, the lawyers were drawing up paperwork, and she thought, okay, I'm going to finally get my breakthrough. She and her husband fly there. They show up. They come in, and he says to her, it's a no. She said, wow, okay. Um, do you mind telling me why? Yeah, I mean. And he said, do you really want me to tell you why? Because you're probably gonna, not going to like what I say. And she said, yeah, I really want to know. He said, we don't think people will buy cosmetics from somebody that looks like you. Mm. In other words, you're fat yeah. and you got a skin issue. And it was devastating to her. She could have been the victim. She could have been the victim. And, and for a moment, maybe she was. Is it okay to be a victim for a moment? Yeah, because we're human. Yeah. She walked out. She just kept her determination. Handful of years later, uh, L'Oreal um, buys, and now she would have had to probably give a major amount of equity away for this guy to do the deal, right? So she gave no equity away. A few years later, L'Oreal buys her company, 1.2 billion cash, uh-huh. 1.2 billion cash. And so this guy, and she didn't realize it, but because it was a, a public deal, the information was public. So she was on the front page of Wall Street Journal, right? Um, and the guy, the hedge fund guy, calls her. And, you know, and she was professional, but what she's told in interviews afterwards is um, she goes, Have you ever seen the movie Pretty, Pretty Woman? Woman? And Pretty Woman, you know, if you've, it's an old movie. So some of you guys may go, What movie are you talking about? Anyway, it's a great movie. And, uh, but the punchline is, uh, uh, what's her name? The red hair. Anyway, Julia act, Roberts. Julia Roberts. She goes into this uh, on Rodeo Drive in in uh, in L.A. She goes into this very expensive shop, and she's trying to to buy clothes, but she's still dressed as somebody that doesn't belong in that shop. Nobody will wait on her. Yeah. But she had her boyfriend's uh, credit card and was going to spend a ton of money. Well, she goes to a different shop, buys a ton of clothes, comes back in that shop. And she's got all these bags, and, and she's, now she's dressed, you know, like oh, everybody yeah. else. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, can we help you? And she said, no, I was in here earlier. And she goes, big mistake. Big, big mistake, right? Yeah. And, and Jamie Carlima, she said, what I wanted to say to that guy was, big mistake. $1.2 billion. $1.2 billion mistake. Big so, mistake. <laughs> you know, hey, look. Let me go to the scripture. Matthew five forty five. We've all heard this one. says, he causes the sun to rise on evil and good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, right? Just and the unjust. It's, it's different versions. It's said different ways. But, and I did, I'm not going to unpack all the, the, the words, but, but let me tell you what this means in the Greek. Evil versus good. Hmm. means morally bad and doing wrong things. Okay? Versus good is morally good doing right things, right? So in other words, are you a good person doing good stuff? You're a bad, bad person doing bad stuff. Righteous and unrighteous, what does that mean? This even gets worse. It's a believer living for God versus a non-believer. And then it goes on to say, a wicked person. What does this mean? I mean, life is going to go really good for really good people. 
righteous people living for God, and it's going to go really bad for them. And it's going to go really good for people that are wicked, right? Now, in terms of having joy and peace, because that's kind of where I always come back to. Yeah, you may have some material success, you may have all that, but I don't think that people living apart from God are living full of joy, full of, full of peace, yeah. and all the other things that go with it. Yeah. But as an outsider looking in, we can begin to have a victim mentality. We, I, look, here's my little final little thought on, on that, because Wade, you did a fantastic job. It's okay to be a victim for a minute, but don't live in victim. Yeah, don't sit That's down. the place where it's a danger. Yeah. Because then what happens when I say I'm a victim, and Wade hasn't, but Wade's done me wrong, I'm a victim, then I lose all the ability to process and say, okay, Merritt, what did you do? What did you do to put yourself here? And even if there's only 1% or 2% of the situation that I can say I could have done something about, well, guess what? I need to think about that. Yeah. What could I do different? What could I have done to protect myself? What could I have done not to put myself in the position to be there for that to happen or whatever circumstance that it is? And I understand that there are true victims, right? I'm not trying to say there's sure. not true victims. 100%. But we still can ask ourselves, you know, um, my wife and I, um, you know, maybe you, everybody watching this, you may be not a gun person or, or you may be all about guns, right? We took the, the concealed carry class in the state of Texas my wife has never really shot a gun before. She's still very unsure about all that. Yeah. But my wife's a realtor. And bad things happen to realtors, when they're, especially when they're out showing properties and there's nobody around. Mm -hmm. It could be you know, in a, in a position where something bad were to happen, nobody would know for a long time. Well, you know, I want to be proactive, and that may not be the best example, but I want to be proactive for her and I don't want my wife to be a victim in yeah. the circumstance if there's something that can be done. So yeah. anyway, so first point, Wade, is am I a victim? The second <clears> thing, <throat> um, and I'll kind of kick it off and, and let you chime yeah. in, is <clears throat> um, are we preparing? In other words, we're talking about being mentally strong, being, you know, and so, you know, if, if it's going to rain on us, if we're going to go through difficult times, whether we're righteous or whether we're, we're not, well, then we, in my mind, Wade, we should be preparing, right? Yeah. We should be, because bad things are going to happen. I don't yeah. want bad things to happen, but bad stuff's going to happen. So here's what I thought about. You think about King David, and um, he was a young boy. Now, he was the, the youngest of eight, I believe. Yeah. He was the runt. Uh, you know, his brothers were bigger in stature. I mean, you know, Scripture talks about, I mean, mm -hmm. his... He had a couple of brothers that looked like kings, right? When the prophet showed up to anoint, said, hey, I'm here to anoint the next king. Well, he lined up everybody but David. Mm -hmm. And the prophet said, well, it's none of these. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other sons? He goes, well, I got the little rough guy out there, <laughs> David. You're not talking about him, are you? Well, I don't know. Bring him to me. Yeah. Yep, that's him, right? Yeah. But so David's out there, and we know because Scripture tells us he at least killed one lion mm -hmm. and one bear. Yeah. There could have been multiple. But the other thing that you have to assume is that he had a sling and he was probably getting rocks and whack, whack. I mean, and he, he was probably pretty darn accurate, right? He was out there practicing. I also believe, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the next point on talking about being prepared for the battles of life, but for him to do and fulfill, and I don't want to get too deep in this because I'm going to the next point, 
but to fulfill what God is going to call him to do with Goliath. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the next talking point. He was doing other things getting ready. Mm-hmm. He was full of faith. He was full of God. I believe he was talking to God. I think he was praying. I think while he was out there tending to those sheep, he was really developing a personal relationship with the Lord. So when the Lord commissioned him to say, yeah. I got a big job for you. Yeah. He was ready. Yeah. Right? So, you know, as we're going through life, and you may be, right now, you may be in, in a great season of life. Family's good. Finances are great. Everybody's healthy. Awesome. Enjoy it, but understand you need to be preparing. Don't get lazy in those seasons. Don't get yeah. apathetic. Be preparing. You stay disciplined on, on the things. Be full of God's word. Be in relationship with him. Be growing. I believe mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually, all those ways. Because when the, when the battle comes, and it is going to come, if we're not prepared, it, it can be catastrophic. It can yeah. take us out. Yeah. So yeah. are we preparing? Wait, mm. what are your thoughts on that, brother? Well, you said this a lot, uh, preparing versus repairing, yeah. right? And, um, you know, gosh, there's so many different analogies in there. But if you're not, if you're not uh, preparing in, in all areas, and so what does that look like? Well, I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what responsibilities you have. I don't know what goals you have and dreams you have. But for me, if I'm not constantly surrounding myself with people like you that are going to, I hadn't seen this guy in about three weeks. We, we've been going through a lot of rough stuff. That's right. Big you time. know, we went through the loss of my mother-in-law and then uh, my dad is battling um, some dementia. We, we've had to make arrangements for living for him and um, just, just some really tough things. Right. Yeah. Um, but thank goodness, my wife and I are in a, in a very strong place. Uh, our, our businesses are in a strong place. Um, we've prepared and prepared and prepared, you know, to, to build up strong leaders. And so when this thing happened to us, we were able to go and be with our family and help my father-in-law and, and, and go through this process of losing my, my mother-in-law, my beautiful wife's mom. And so I've been kind of out of pocket for like almost three weeks, right. man. And uh, because we prepared... We have an amazing team yep. that is taking care of things, and I'm able to go and mourn and and be with my wife and the family and and take care of what needs to be taken care of there. That's right. So so that's just one example of of preparing for the unknown. It's a great right? example. Wade. You just don't know what's going to happen in life. Man. Yeah. You just don't know. And, and if I can comment, so um, um, literally Wade's wife, Princessa, was on the phone with her mother not mm-hmm. very long before that. Thirty minutes before it happened hangs up the phone, is having a conversation with her husband as she's making the bed. Yeah. And in a moment, because of uh, some type of brain aneurysm yes. bleed thing, everything in their life changed radically. Yeah. I hope n- that never happens to anybody in your life that you love, but something's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, one of the things I think about is, you know, um, I've heard the statistics, it's, it's so scary, I don't even know, but the percentage of people that are prepared for retirement is, yeah. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. It's, it's scary bad. small. Yeah. I think the average American has $5,000 in savings. Yeah. That, that, and that's, that's, I don't know, maybe 80 to 90% of the people out there. Right. So, I mean, that, I mean, what the, that's, that's going to be, <laughs> we're literally just looking at homes from, from my dad, like $4,500 a freaking month, man. Right. You know? Um, so, so you got to prepare. 
Okay. Right. And, and sticking our head in the sand and avoiding it, procrastination, yeah. it is, I'm telling you, it'll, it'll bite you in the freaking butt. Yeah. So it is so healthy to acknowledge, okay, what, do I, what problems do I need to solve today? Yeah. You know, what, what is going on in life? And, you know, there's so much mental disorder out there. You know, the Kansas, we were in Kansas City, right? All we, oh, yeah. we, in fact, we left the day of the parade. Wow. Well, did you see all, all over the news? Mm -hmm. Well, the parade got trumped. Why? Because some freaking punks go out there and start shooting up the place, right? right? And I don't know how many lives were lost. I haven't, I haven't heard yet, but multiple people I know were injured and they, maybe yeah. even some killed. That, there's so much mental disorder, man. You know, there, there's a young man that just came into the life of, of our, our, our employees uh, at the school. He took his life two, two nights ago. Mm. Two nights ago, this young man took his life, and mm. um, and one of one of the guys that works for me is like, oh, I wish I would have talked to him more, you know. Mm -hmm. But but the bottom line is, is listen, <clears throat> we've got to we got to be on our A game. We got to be pre preparing, right? right? We've we've got to be investing. <clears throat> Are you going to look to the world for what you need out of life? Because I'm going to tell you this: the world is full of empty promises. They do not have the answers. There is, there is only one that can bring you true peace and true wisdom and give you the answers that you need to fulfill your life and to, and to really face the tests, the trials, and the storms that come in this life, yeah. right? And so uh, with social media, with everything, there's so much anxiety. There's so much mental yep. you know, issues yep. out there. Yep. And we have to be so aware of what those tactics are, right? To get us completely off our game. Yep, so. 100%. Um, <clears throat> okay, so are we preparing? Now let's talk about your battle's coming, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Okay, your battle's coming. So tracking down the same path of David, um, and, and uh, you know, I like to use, I call it my holy imagination. So, you know, <laughs> so we got the, the most famous story in the Bible, Wade, is David and Goliath, right? We all know, and everybody loves the story of David and Goliath, right? So I thought, okay, so if, if going down this mental uh, uh, strength or um, being mentally strong, you know, um, what, what are some of the options that maybe David could have considered and that he could have done different, right? What, yeah. are, what are some things? Well, so David's dad said, hey, take some food and some stuff to your brothers. You know, they're out there, you know, this, this battle's going on. So, you know, here's young David. He's, you know, he's. He's the runt, right? So he, he gets to go out to take his brother's food. Well, I thought, well, you know, he could have been a little punk, and uh, he could have just said, well, some pretty cool cheese and bread right here. I'm just going to I'm gonna kind of go over here halfway. I'm going to chow down on the cheese and bread. I'm going to tell Dad I went to the yeah. battlefield. I'll go back home. How, how are the yeah. brothers? Oh, they're good, Dad. You know, yeah. and he could have just been a straight-up punk. and well, lied He could have been the victim and been like, well, Dad obviously favors them. Right. They don't think that much about me. Yeah. They're the ones that get to go to the battle. Right. I'm over here doing the freaking sheep and yeah. you know tending to them. So you know what? Screw them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat, the eat their sandwiches. sandwiches. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And, that, and, and somebody would have said, "What? Well, probably okay, right?" Yeah. Uh, second thing I kind of thought about is you know he could have showed up, and here's this giant dude coming out once a day, you know, with a spear. I mean, this guy was I mean, he's got nine or ten feet tall. This guy was a yeah. tremendously scary person. You know, all the soldiers, I mean, everybody, including King Saul, they were scared of this dude. He could have said, oh, man, this guy's terrifying. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out there. I mean, I'm, I, he could have been scared like everybody else, right? Yeah. Or the third option, not, not there's only three, but, but this is, but the third option could have been, 
he could have said, you know, I'm going to go out there in Saul's armor. Because remember, he tried on Saul's armor. Yeah, yeah. It was just too big, too awkward. That wasn't who God prepared him. That wasn't the battle that, he, that, that God prepared David to go fight. He was trying to use somebody else's tool belt. Right. So he could have, he could have impersonated somebody else and gone out yeah. and been King Saul. Guess what? He didn't do any of that. That's right. Wait, he arrived uh, mentally, spiritually strong. He arrived full of God's word. He arrived knowing God was with him. He was battle tested. And, he, and when he showed up, he didn't hesitate. Because when he heard Goliath yelling, yeah. he was looking around going, who's, who's this guy? Who's this uncircumcised Philistine? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and everybody's going, you know, and his brother's going, shut up, you punk. You know, I mean, yeah. quit, quit talking like that. Yeah. And finally, you know, somebody's like, told King Saul, Hey, there's a kid over here that's ready to fight Goliath. Yeah. And they go, what? Yeah. Bring me this kid. Yeah. Today. And he goes, are you sure about this? Yeah, I'm going to cut his head off. I'm going to feed him to the birds today. Yeah. And I'm sure Saul looked in this kid's eyes and he thought, this kid's for real. Yeah. <laughs> it may be crazy, but we're going to send the kid out there, right? Yeah. I, I, this, yeah. I think this little punk right here has got what it takes. <laughs> and so, you know, are we ready for the battle? The battle's coming, right? David was ready for the battle. Was it because he was 10 feet tall? Was it because he had guns on his side and he, and he, was, he was out, mm -hmm. right? He, he had more resources? No, he had three or four pebbles, however many it was. It wasn't very many. He had, he had a small amount of pebbles. He had a slingshot. He was a runt, right? He, nine he, feet, nine inches tall. That's yeah, how tall Goliath nine, was. Nine, nine. I mean, what a terrifying figure. Yeah. But David showed up being everything God called him to do, and he stepped on, and, and wait, this is the thing I want us to know. If we just walk in the favor and the authority and the anointing of Jesus, yeah. and whatever he's called us to do, we step up, and, and there will be opposition. Yeah. When God's called you to do something, that's why a lot of times people get saved, and they're like, what's going on? <laughs> I've never been attacked like this much in my life. Well, you're, you've now stepped on the battlefield. Then yeah. The enemy knows that, that now you're, you're, you're with Jesus, right? Yeah. So, but the battle is coming. Don't run from it. It's coming. Yeah. And step on the battlefield and be bold and full of mental strength and, and faith as David was. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, the only thing I'd piggyback on that is the last thing that you said. Um, and I don't want to discourage anybody. Um, battles are going to happen. They're going to come. Um, will you notice it a little more? Maybe when you're newly saved or give your life to Christ? Maybe so. Uh, for us, we had been, you know, we'd given our lives to Christ maybe for a year, uh, maybe two, probably two years. And then we got the news about our daughter. Uh, when we were pregnant with our daughter, they said, abort her. She's not going to live, right? Yeah. And so I could have gotten, I could have played victim. I could have gotten pissed off and like, really? God, this is what sure. I get for serving you. Sure. My daughter's going to die. But by his mercy and his grace, I was able to make the decision, oh, I'm turning. To, I'm running to him. That's right. I'm not running from him. I'm running to him. Man, come on. And in that moment, we were able to get filled. We were able to get stronger. We were able to continue to fight and have the strength to fight for our miracle, just like David did. 
And honestly, I had that same type of faith, brother. Yeah. I didn't. I, I did not freaking back down. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, man. Nobody was going to tell me anything different yep. than my daughter as well. Well, you wouldn't let the doctors when they would try to say the 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 like, surgery speak death. Yeah. And you were like, hey, I look, interrupted them. No. Yeah, you can't say that stuff. But wait, that's yeah. the battlefield. Yeah. That, that's the perfect example. Yeah. Right? That's the battlefield. That's the, you know, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. It's that's against right. uh, spirits and principalities. 100% it is. And, yeah. and, we, and that's the battle that we're in. And, so, and the reason we're talking about mental strength is so often he attacked. Why did, when they anointed people with oil, mm. why did they pour it over their head first? That's because it starts is. here. Yeah. The battle's in our mind. Yeah. The enemy will 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 try to defeat us before we've ever even stepped on the battlefield. Yeah. And so often, because we're we're not we're not strong like mm. God intends us to be, we we run from the battlefield, and God was with us. We could have stepped on that battlefield and won. So, yeah. Yeah. That's um, good. I, I've got one little point, and 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 I'll I'll see what what uh, God puts on your mind. Yeah. So you know, there's a simple idea of okay, so you know, the battle's coming, all that. So how do we prepare? Mm-hmm. How do we prepare? And there's so many different ways, right? I've got a, a, a um, Charles Spurgeon quote. Um, some of you guys may know who Charles Spurgeon is. Maybe he was a great theologian. Um, listen to this quote. I love it. He said, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. And a little paradigm shift. Um, embrace the pain. Understand it's part of the process. I don't know if, Wade, I know you've, you've surfed. Uh, I have never surfed. I've boogie boarded. And, and when I describe this, you're going to go, oh, I know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've ever been on some pretty good sized waves, and I have, and it's just, it just happens, and, and the wave picks you up, and next thing you know, you are pounded in, into the sand. And into, I mean, it, it, it'll, it can feel like it's going to knock you out, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, Crush you. Oh, it'll, it's crushing. Yeah. yeah, that's the word. Yeah. It's crushing. <laughs> and what Spurgeon is describing, when the waves of life are crushing you, like you're like, mm. I, I may die. Right? Mm. I mean, it's pounding on you, pounding. He said, I've learned to kiss the wave. That means embrace it. Embrace the pain. Embrace the struggle. Embrace the battle. Understand that it's part of the process. Don't, and I know I'm going to say this, and please don't, I'm not trying to, to throw darts at anybody, but don't become mentally weak and take on the victim mentality. Go, God, I hate this. I don't want this in my life, but I know, I know you work all things to the good for those that love you that are yeah. called according to your purpose. I know that you're with me. You would never forsake me. And I know on the other side of this, I'll understand better right now. But God, you know, I am going to kiss this wave that is crushing me right now. There's so much wisdom in that. You know, and I could go through countless other examples, but um, that pair, I've got a friend of mine. He's a mutual friend, John. Um, He's one of the most uniquely wired people that I've ever met. Yeah. And let me tell you what his flaw, and this is his flaw. This isn't, words this is him every day he wakes up at 4 a.m every morning mm-hmm. he's got his routine that he does but every morning he physically mentally and emotionally breaks himself 
he will he works out to the point of sheer like most people can't work out with him. Yeah, no, he yeah. takes it to the point of. Oh, yeah. I, uh, there another mutual friend of ours, Colby. He said, John Johnson's. He's militant. He said the level that he works out is is yeah. insane. And he does the cold plunge. I mean, he does all yeah. for the one reason, because he says, if I break myself in the morning, then I know I'm ready for anything that's going to happen to me that day. In other words, I will break myself before life breaks me. Yeah. And he trains himself. And I know that's a little extreme, right? Sure. But I'm just saying, um, learn to kiss the wave, as Charles Spurgeon said. When, when life crashes down, kiss that wave. God, I don't like it. I embrace it. Teach me through this pain. Teach me through this struggle. Um, I think it's a little, it's a paradigm shift that will allow us to go through without um, yeah. getting the mental attack that we can get sometimes. You know, um, Merritt, when, when, when you're going to go, when you're facing a really tough thing, who do you turn to? Yeah. Well, and, and answer, give me the answer. Who would you turn to? You would probably turn to who? If you're facing something really, yeah, a person. Well, Besides God, yeah. who would you turn to here? On earth? Uh, well, the first person, obviously, is my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to turn to my, my inner circle, and you're one of those people. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but why do you turn to those, some of those people? Because they're faithful. They're, they're uh, well, one of the reasons they're battle-tested. There you go. That's I, the word I'm looking for right there. I, I'll, I'll just tell you this, and then and I know where you're going. Um, I will, and this, but I'm just telling you, I will not be a close friend of yours unless I know you're battle-tested. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. because I, I, don't, I can't trust you. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just a fact, guys. Um, yeah. The people that like, you know, oh, I mean, it, it, it scares me to death when somebody says, we've been married 20 years, and then they look at each other, and you know, and have we had a crossword? <laughs> First of all, I'm going, BS, right? And then I'm going, there's something really <laughs> jacked something up. Something weird going on here. <laughs> because, I mean... You know, yeah. you go a week without a crossword. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good for you. I mean, if you're, you know. But 20 years. It happens. Yeah, so, 20 years. so I'm going to go back to what I, what I said, though. Yeah. Because we're, we're talking about embracing. Embracing, you That's know, right. the struggle or the wave, the crushingness of the world. <clears throat> Who do you turn to whenever you have something big happening? You go to people that have been there, done that. You go to people that you know you can trust. People that are going to walk you through it. They're going to war with you. Why? Because they've been through it. They've also embraced those same hardcore challenges. So this challenge is before you. Don't run from it. Embrace it. It's not going away. It's there. It's a wall that's going to continue to stay and press and crush the crap out of you until you freaking embrace it and go after it. And you go after it with good, faithful friends, right. right? People that are going to war with you in the trenches. But you will become that person also. So as you're going through this, know that God will work, work it out for good, right? And, and we're going to get to this in a second about, about something that you, that you brought up was every good and bad thing that happens. What if we looked at it as a gift? And, and we'll, we'll talk right. about that. But the bottom line is when we're going through something, and it can be freaking horrible, man. It can be a death. It can be you know, a financial situation. It can be a you know, relationship problem. It can be anything that is just catastrophic in your life. But if you will just head it head on, embrace it, and go with the mentality that, you know what? God is going to do something in this. And through me, I don't know what the crap it is, but I'm submitted to him. I'm walking with him. I'm looking at him every single day. I'm going to praise him in the storm. And I'm going to go in faith 
and I'm going to still love people with agape love, and I'm going to speak the truth of God, and I'm going to continue to pray, and I'm going to speak death and life over the things in my life that I would need death over, and life over the things I want life over. Mm -hmm. When we walk in that kind of energy, right, and that kind of faith, you are going to move mountains. You are going to move mountains. And then people are going to come to you, and they're going to say, brother, I need you. I'm going through something. You can say, I got you, right? Why? Because you embraced the storm. You went through that obstacle, right? So, just piggybacking on what love you said. Love it, man. Love okay. it. Yeah, I love the passion, too. Um, so. so, let's go into five. Yeah, right? let's do it. So, five is, what if we made this uh, simple mental shift, every good and bad thing that happened and that will happen is a gift from God, growing and repairing us for a calling. And I messaged you last night, and I said, Mary, I disagree with that statement. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I, I literally said, I disagree with your statement, yeah. but we're going to talk about this and we'll talk about why I'm saying I'm disagreeing because we don't actually disagree. Yeah. We're on the same page, but I'll let you take it from here. Well, okay. So, um, so, you know, I, first of all, it's not scripture, right? Um, but the idea was, I thought, okay, what if we made the mental mind shift to say, I will from this point on believe that every good and every bad thing that happens, that has happened in my life and that will happen in my life is a gift from God. Now, That'll trigger some people, right? Yep. And so I put in my notes, well, uh, rape, murder, sex trafficking. I mean, those are just three that came to my mind. Yeah. Straight up victims, yeah. right? Again, let, let's walk down this path. Um, I, I want to quote one scripture, and then I'm going to tell a story, and then, Wade, I'll let you wrap this up. Yeah. The story of Joseph, right? Um, Genesis 4, 8, if you remember the, the story, this is toward the end. And this is the words of Joseph when he said to his brothers um, who now realize they're, they're there to get food because they're all starving to death. And uh, Genesis 4, uh, 45, 8 says, and this is Joseph talking to his um, brothers. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God, he made me father to Pharaoh, land, uh, Lord of the entire household and ruler of all of Egypt. What he knew through all of the crazy stuff that happened here. Prison, slave, accused of rape, you know, just all of the, the craziness. He never lost his faith, and he always knew God had a purpose. Now, he was a straight-up victim. Yeah. I mean, his brothers, right? He was, I mean, he, he was as much a victim as anybody's ever been a victim, right? Yeah. And we can talk about Jesus. We could talk about Daniel. We could talk about, I mean, there's plenty of examples in the Bible. I just picked one real quick. Yeah. But... Um, again, Joseph made the decision to not be a victim and to look at, okay, every good and every bad thing is actually a gift from God. I will walk through this faithfully, and I'll believe that at the end, or whenever, however this thing turns out, there'll be redemption. And he was redeemed, right, in a major way. I want to tell you a quick story. Um, and I'll try to make this uh, as fast as possible. Um, uh, and, the, and I can share the, the person's name because he has a whole ministry ra wrapped around this, this testimony. But there's a guy I grew up with named Tack Buchanan. I don't know if you guys know who uh, Tack, but um, Tack has a crazy testimony. Tack has um, one of the largest prison ministries in the state of Texas. And, um, but here's his story. This is how this all came about. Years ago, 20, 25 years ago, Tack was at work. Um, his wife was at home. And there was a uh, uh, kind of a homeless person hopping on and off trains coming through Amarillo. 
Uh, he happened to hop off the train. It was close to where their home was. Uh, he saw Hack's wife was at home. He saw that she was by herself, broke in the house, raped her, murdered her, and then burned the house down. He got caught. He was in Randall County Jail. So, um, and I don't know if this is the exact detail, but I know he committed a crime, and and I've been told so. Anyway, I hope this this part of the story, I hope, is 100% accurate, but the story is 100% accurate. He decides he's going to commit an armed robbery, wait for the police, get arrested, go to jail, so that he can get this guy and murder him. So he does that. Murder the guy that murdered his wife. Right. So he commits the crime, gets arrested, goes to jail. The next morning, um, he's unsaved, right? Um, uh, and so, but the next morning, jailhouse preacher shows up, talks to Tack. Um, Tack gives his life to the Lord, right? Everything now begins to change. Now remember, mm. God works all things to the good for those that love him. So this radical idea, radical, what if we thought that every good and bad thing that happened is actually a gift from God? Tack gets out of jail, right, the whole thing, does a little bit of time for the crime, gets out of jail, um, completely redeemed, starts on this, this, this ministry thing, and ends up ministering to the man that killed his wife, mm. leads him to the Lord, mm. and... They have such a strong relationship that, because um, this guy got, got the, death, the um, death sentence. Yeah. So when he was executed, which the lethal injection thing, he won't attack by his side. Wow. Mm. So they, they prayed. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah. And the guy died with tack by his side. Wow. And what birthed out of that was, a, was one of the largest um, to today um, um, prison ministries uh, in the state of Texas. So, you know, was Tack's wife a victim? 100%. Yeah. Was Tack a victim? 100%. But what Tack chose, right? See, we're talking about making choices, Wade. That's right. This is a, this is a intentional choice. I will choose to forgive. Is it because the guy deserved forgiveness? No. I will choose to minister to him. Right? All of these things were choices that he made. Now, as a result of, and, and again, please, I know people are victims. And if you're a victim, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to belittle anything that's happened to you. Um, but I'm just using this as an example because of the tragic thing that happened to Tack's wife, but because of the decision that he made, thousands of people have, have given their life to Christ. He has, he has impacted the world, um, and it was through horrific situations yeah. that there were actual victims that, that were in place. So, you know, um, I don't know what's happened in your life. And, and Brother Wade, I want you to wrap this up. Sure. Make a choice not to be a victim. Make a choice to take what the enemy meant for bad, what the enemy meant, the circumstances of life, the accidents of life, it's not all the enemy, but, but whatever happened, don't, it's okay to be a victim for a moment. It's not okay to live as a victim. Take that, turn that for good, and make that a part of your testimony, and yeah. go out and make a difference for the world. Yeah, that, that's what I felt I was going to say, Mary, as you were talking. I just felt God 
sharing that same thought with me. Yeah. And so I'll just close with that is don't let something that happens to you dictate your life. You know, do, do, do we get hurt by people? Do they, do we, yes, 100%. He just told a horrific story about it. I know another family in Australia, they had four of their kids murdered or killed mm. by a drunk driver all at once taken from them. Mm. But they turned to God immediately, forgave the guy. There's a national day of prayer now all over Australia for this family. They, they, they've reached thousands. Why? Because they didn't let that define who they were. They didn't let that tell their story. They told their story. They told their story. And God is the ultimate storyteller. And whenever Satan comes to destroy your story, guess what? God's standing right there saying, buddy, daughter, son, I've got you another story. Turn to me. Let's do this. And this story is going to overcome, right? So don't let anything that is a setback keep you back. It's just setting up your comeback, right? So <clears throat> turn to him in all things. God will write you a new story. And you can go, and you can live a victorious, amazing life, right? Um, so that, that, I think, sums up what we're talking about Amen. today. Amen. Right? Um, we're, we're doing life. We're doing life with Him, right, in, in all areas. And, uh, man, if you're struggling with anything mentally, get help, guys. Get help. Reach out to somebody. They're, they're, you can always outlast your problem. You can always outlast your problem. So I'm Wade Hegler. This is Merritt Vaughn. We yep. are 2717. Give us a like. Give us a share. Love you. Peace out. See you guys.